Hello, welcome to Hope Stream, the podcast for parents of kids who are misusing drugs or alcohol or who are in treatment or the early stage of recovery. I am Brenda Zane, your host and also mom to a son who struggled and nearly lost his life to addiction. So I can relate and I am right here with you on this journey. It's so good to be here with you today. I always love sharing coaching episodes with you. And today's turned out to be both a little coaching and a whole lot of inspiration from one of our members in the stream, Cielo. And I love a little dose of inspiration, as I'm sure you do. If you wanted to make a movie about the life of a family whose teenage son is struggling with addiction and all of the ramifications that come with that, this would be the family that you would want to base it on for real. Cielo has been through so many crazy situations, found so many treatment options ranging from traditional to alternative in and out of the United States, all while she is parenting two other younger kids, has a husband and two jobs herself. So I am not kidding you when I say this woman has been through it with a capital I-T. So I'm excited to share the episode with you because when you hear Cielo talk about her family and all that they have been through, you don't hear complaining or victim mentality or doom and gloom. What you do hear is a very determined and optimistic mama who has undoubtedly, I know for sure, played a huge role in her son's current remission from the really dark and really dangerous place that he was in not too long ago. I am not going to keep you waiting any longer because I want you to hear this conversation and I know you are really, really going to enjoy and get so much out of it. Here we go. Here is a very inspiring conversation with Cielo. Cielo, welcome to a coaching episode of Hope Stream. I'm so grateful for you to do this and it's fun to talk with you. So welcome. Thank you so much. I've been waiting for this day. (laughs) I know. We tried to do it a while ago, didn't we? And then something happened as it always does. Exactly. Life happens in our lives. (laughs) But yes, I'm really excited that I admire you so much and I love what you do. And I'm happy to be in this podcast because we get that feeling of this is going to get somewhere and hopefully help people, give hope, give resources and ideas and all that. So I'm excited to chat with you today. Yeah, it really does. I get really good feedback on these um, because I think people can really relate. And I know you pretty well because you've been a member in the stream for a while. And also we got to meet at the retreat. Sadly, you came down with COVID the second day. Of- I know we need to do it again, please. <laughs> oh, well, don't worry. It's coming in October. So we will definitely see each other soon. But that was just such a bummer. Well, why don't you just give us a quick rundown of whatever you want to share, whatever you're comfortable sharing about your family, kind of where where you guys have been and where you are right now. I know the story, so I know that that could be like a seven-hour conversation. So maybe you can give us the Cliff Notes version of where you are. I will Um, try. Yeah. And then we'll just talk about some stuff that you want to work on. Well, yeah, it's hard for me sometimes to 
too short this journey because it's like it's been a lot. But basically, I can just say that for everybody out there, like this can happen to anyone. Like I never in a million years imagined that I will go through this. We, I come from a family in Mexico City, super tight. All my aunts, my cousins. I had the most normal, happy childhood. My teenage years were no drama. And then what I wanted the most all my life is have a family, have kids. So it was very difficult when all this started with our son to just realize it's me, it's happening, what is going on and what do I do? But basically, yeah, I can tell you that we have three kids. Our oldest is the one with all these challenge challenges. And then we have a daughter and a younger son. So 18, 15 and 12 as today. And I can tell you also something important that I think for people to understand uh, is that we don't we don't come with a manual, right? We don't know what's going on from the beginning. But I remember since my oldest was born being like, oh my gosh, this is going to be challenging. There's some little things that you notice that I can say, don't give anything, like just pay attention to little little things. And, and if you can do something from the beginning, get support and ask questions, search. So the journey is a little bit maybe easier, but I knew our son had the mental issues that develop and then become more challenging when they grow older, but he had them since he was little. And we did address things from the beginning. So you were noticing some things when he was younger. And I think that's interesting because I hear that same thing from other parents that I work with is they do notice things. And I think what's difficult is especially when it's your oldest is you don't have any source of comparison, right? So you're like, hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> and you don't know necessarily because you don't want to compare your kids to other people's kids or what they're doing. And so it can be really confusing. I went through the same thing. I noticed things. I was like, hmm, this is really hard, really challenging. Would you be okay sharing some of the things that you noticed when he was young in particular? Yes, of course. Yeah, because it is important. He was always a super sensitive kid and had a hard time following rules and listening. He just basically was doing what he wanted to do. And he it was hard for him to manage his emotions. He just was not aggressive, but like to other kids, it was hard for him to make relationships with other kids. Adults always like him. They saw always like in a school, his potential, he was always uh, charming, but it was more like, um, yeah, with other kids, the relationships and the rules. And also the attachment, I feel like he was really attached to me. And it was hard for him, like when he used to go to camps or something, like the separation was especially hard for him. And then when he got older, things started to escalate. I will say, Maybe when he was, well, when he started struggling more was middle school. But before that, we did uh, play therapy just to make him more confident and more comfortable with society and all that. And he did boys group and all these things. Uh, we did neurofeedback and just trying to figure out. And then middle school was when he started more like with anxiety. And that's where he discovered he started, I think he said, smoking pot at the age of 
12. So that was yeah. pretty young. Yeah. And that's when they're like, oh, okay, I don't like to feel this way. And that is making me feel different. So then that's when the journey starts. Right. For- and today he's 18. So you've been at this for six years. So yep. you're a warrior mama. <laughs> my gosh. Yes. So much. Yes. It's a lot. And I think what you said about this can happen to anyone is super important because I think there is a tendency for people to, who have not been through this experience to look at families going through this and wonder, well, what happened? right? Like what happened in their family or what's wrong with that kid? And, and there's also a misperception. I think of people think of a a guy in an alley with a needle in his arm or something, and it can happen to anyone. And you think when your kids are little, well, that would never, never in a million years happen in our family because we're this or we're that. And wow, it really can. So I'm glad you said that because it's so true. And I think it can be a source of um, embarrassment and shame for families if they do think that they are the only, like the one, the bad ones that this happened to. So I appreciate you saying that. So absolutely. I wanted to mention that that's another hard part of all these is the judgment, right. And the feeling like, oh my gosh, what is people saying or talking? And we lost friends along the way, because obviously I don't hold any grudges. I don't, if I go in the other side, I understand Nick was um, always wild and parents were like he's not a good influence to their kids and I don't blame him it's just a part of what we have to go through and you do the best you can and people that really knows you family and close friends they see that we are a normal family doing the best we can and that most of it is how this kid is developing no no matter how much you're doing a, a good job on educating and on resources putting them in therapy or educating yourself. What can I do better in the house? And I think I read all the books about how to manage these things, how to, what to do. And then having the siblings as well. It was, it was really, really hard. You take it. I mean, right now I look back and you do what you do for your kid and people that don't understand it, then hopefully they can see it later on. How, like you said, it's not your fault. It happens to any family. It's not that the parents are being bad parents or that there's something going on behind doors or that there was a trauma. It doesn't have to do something specifically like that. Which is part of the frustration too, when it is your family, because you want to look for a thing, right? You want to have, and I remember going through this, I wanted to have some sort of a event or something to look at and say, oh, that's what happened. And I think sometimes you might find that, but a lot of times you don't. And so you just have to do what you can do, like you said. So where you where you are right now as a family, what is kind of your current state of mind, of wellness, of coping? And then what is something that you think, gosh, in like six months to a year, I would really love to see this shift in either yourself or your, your relationships or something like that? Yes. Well, it's hard. We are, as of now, in a way better spot than we were in the past six years, right? Like um, my husband and I have gone through so much and our marriage is still standing. So that makes me proud. Congratulations. Yes, I know, right? That's an accomplishment. (laughs) 
It is an accomplishment. It's really hard. And same with my other two kids. They're doing well. And my oldest one, he turned a corner, thank goodness. And he's doing really well in a lot of aspects. But where I feel right now is I feel hopeful, obviously, and, and happy. But I, to be honest with you, I have this little fear of what's going to happen from now on. Not, not that much of like if he's going to relapse because he's he's done it. He's got plenty of relapses. And I really feel that this is a huge turning corner. But more with like their motivation and their clarity and their, it's like, Sometimes I imagine like, it's like they're coming out to life. They're co- all those six years they were in this cloud. They didn't really grow and develop certain abilities or things in life. So now they're like, it's kind of new. And my fear is that he doesn't seem to know where, where to go or what to do. And like, I don't want him to sink in that. I, I want to see him motivated and moving forward and wanting things and hopeful and all that. So that's where I am right now. I mean, just a little bit of fear, but I have a lot of hope. You've seen the relapses and I know that you have tried lots of different treatment modalities and and he's he's been through a lot himself. How long has it been sort of how long has he been really moving in a better direction? It's been let's see probably like four months, which is also weird to think because you look like it feels that it's been way longer. And then you look back and you're like, wait a minute. I mean, five months ago, we were in a really bad spot. So it's really kind of new. And that's why you have to be patient also with them and let them figure things out slowly. And as far as they're moving forward slowly, then that's, that's a plus. So yeah, it hasn't been that long, but he's, he's really doing good. I mean, it's it's amazing to see the real person that he is and all the potential he has and how amazing he is and how smart and talented. And so it's, I'm happy as of today where he's at. It's so good to hear because when things are so bad it and, and they have been bad for a long time with, with your family, you can sort of get that doom and gloom looking forward and and having that fear of what's going to come next. And you seem to have a very positive and optimistic outlook, which I think benefits not only you for your own kind of sanity and, and health, but your family as well. Cause they pick up on that, right? Like mom, mom has hope. Mom is positive. Mom is smiling. And that makes such a huge difference. So those are some things about him. What about you? Tell me a little bit about what's going on with you and your mental health, your physical health, and anything that you you personally would like to see shift in yourself. So we kind of talked a little bit about your son, but what what are some things about you? Yes. Well, yeah, it's amazing also to look back and see how strong we are, right? Like I, I feel I feel like a warrior because the things that that we go through. It's like you can't even, it's like blurry right now for me. Like I can't imagine that I was there and that I was surviving and I was still doing things, still taking care of the house and my marriage and the other kids. And so it, it definitely changed you a lot. You learn a lot, you grow a lot. And that's part of what I think 
I believe a lot on the universe and what, you know, we were sending, send these because we could handle it and because of our reasons. So we grew a lot. I think my husband and I as individually as well. Yeah. I feel more confident, stronger, and I do have that feeling of, I want to help other people and other young kids and help change the system and have more resources and help people see these as it is and not blinding themselves and, and being judgmental when they can have another outlook. So I don't know. I feel, yeah, I feel that it's been a good learning experience. And I think you have, what I've seen, you have a very strong disposition, not strong and like forceful or anything like that, but just steady, even though life has gotten super crazy around you and and you, you seem to have a very steady disposition, I guess is what I would say. And sometimes I will talk with people at this point where you are just sort of coming out, like the, you're starting to see the sunrise coming up above the horizon and they're a complete mess. Like they are just a complete physical mess, mental mess, haven't taken care of themselves. And what I see from you, what I'm hearing from you is that you feel pretty good. And you're even at the point where you're like, I want to help other people, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And we have lots of opportunity in the stream. We have lots of volunteer opportunities for you to do that. I'm just going to plug that right there if you're wanting to help. But I think that says a lot about what you have learned. And maybe if you think back a year or so, what have you learned in this last year that you think has given you that? I mean, you're always a strong person, but what do you think has added to giving you the strength that you have today to that resilience, I guess is a great word is what I would call you is very resilient. Is there anything that comes to mind just as sort of a a tip for other moms who might be going through this? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for saying that. I feel, yeah, also for my son, that's a word that I use, you're resilient because they go through so, so much. And part of my growth and what I feel that had helped me is to, to be empathetic, right? And to relate to what they are going through and they are feeling. And that is strong feeling on of, I want to help them as much as I can. But at the same time, you can't, and you say this all the time, you can't not think about your health because then you can't even do anything for them. So I've learned to kind of always try to be positive and think that everything passes. And even if it's years and years of struggles, just be there. You're there. You're like head above the water, no matter what, you got to be strong. You got to keep fighting. So just uh, stay, don't give up, stay there. And also let go of some things. It's important to not pile everything, things that are out of your control. Don't overthink them. My husband actually does that. It's part of personality, right? But it's hard for him to let go and to not worry about every single little thing. And that actually makes you not see the positive things. And it's just all negative. So you, I learned along the way that to be even more positive and let go and support my son as much as I can. But also I like to see things like this, like in your life, you have boxes 
with different people, different situations, and you have to disconnect all the boxes. If they're all connected all the time and one starts shaking, then all your others start shaking, then you lose control. So you have to be able to concentrate on that box when it's moving and do what you can and then go back to the others. And I like to see it that way because it's it, it gets really messy. It's a good word. <laughs> yeah, it gets really, really hard. And my advice to other parents and people out there will be, like I said, just stay there. It'll pass. You got this. You can do this. Follow your heart also and don't like judge yourself all the time about your decisions because in this journey, we're going to make mistakes as well. We're going to make decisions that we will regret later on. But at the moment... The decisions you're making and how you're fighting for what's right and what feels good for you and for your family, it's going to be okay. And that's, and everything is going to help a little bit. I always look back and I'm like, okay, yes, I would have done this or that different. I would have sent him here instead of there. But at the moment, that's the decision that I had to do. And you have to trust that. And I feel at the end, yeah, every little single thing has helped to come to the the place that we are today. And even, even my son won't, he's not aware yet. Even if he's in a better place, he can't see that every single little thing had helped because he, he sees the things that he doesn't like or the trauma of being in certain school or this or that, but it could have been worse too. So yeah. I think with time, he will also see that the place he's at today had to do with with himself wanting to be better and being resilient, but also with us and all the angels during the journey that were there at the right moment. Yeah. I can really resonate with that. The concept of looking that each step had its value, that it wasn't necessarily like, oh, that's the one thing that caused him to change. Because people will ask me that, well, what, what was it that finally made your son change? Right. And it's not any one thing. It's a accumulation of all of the decisions that you and your husband made over the years and the choices that your son made and good and bad, right? Because they can learn from the bad choices. I call them wisdom giving choices because mm-hmm. that's what they do. They give you wisdom in the end. And, and so to know that he is where he is now, and you have that hindsight to look back and say, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best choice, but when you're in the moment, you're in the moment. You don't have the rear view mirror to look in at that point. Absolutely. And you do have, I mean, I do have PTSD in a lot of things. Like I keep thinking, oh, why did I make that decision or this or that? But I also want people out there to know that it's okay. I've come to my son many times and tell him, I'm sorry for for this, right? This part of the journey where I could have done this differently, or I wasn't, didn't have the acknowledge of certain things at that point. I'm sorry if that hurt you or it could, could have, you know, been different, but, and so they know, they know how we feel as well. And at the end, they know that we're doing everything just because we love them and we, you know, want to help them. So as we are right now, actually, there's been like little things here and there that he will say or show with his, the kind of hug that he gives you or whatever that makes it all okay. You know, and like, gives you more strength to say, oh my gosh, okay. He knows that I've been here for him and that I will continue to be. And and I just want to say, I'm really proud, really proud of him 
because they go through so much and it's really hard and it's out of their control in a lot of ways. And it is true that he always says at the end is when I wanted to change and when I was ready, I needed it. And when I had it and, and uh, yeah, that's hard. That's a hard corner to turn. And so that's why I'm saying that as of today, I'm really proud of him and I'm really happy of what I'm seeing that he had inside of him. That And it's funny, I wanted to share one day he said, because I said, do you realize how everything that you have to give and how, what an amazing person you are? And he said, well, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I have a double face or like the dark side and the, the good side and the bad side. I'm like, but that's normal. We all have those two sides. The thing is that you have to fight to find the the good things and the things that make you feel good and happy. And the other ones, it's okay to feel, don't feel guilty for that, but it's time to move forward. Hi, I want to take a quick break because I want to let you know about the community that Cielo is part of. It's called The Stream, and it is a private membership online for moms who have been impacted by their kids, substance misuse or addiction. And this is not a Facebook group. It is completely separate from all social media sites, and it's a place where moms start to take care of themselves because most of the time and energy that you have right now is probably being focused on your son or daughter. So we teach craft skills to help you have better conversations and relationships, and then we help you get as physically, mentally, and spiritually healthy as possible because you are the only one who can give your child a healthy mom, right? You can learn more and join us free for two weeks to see if it is the right kind of support for you at thestreamcommunity.com. Okay, let's get back to this incredible conversation with Cielo. It's so great that he has the ability to recognize that in himself, right? To be able, I mean, that's a pretty, I don't want to call it advanced, but that's a pretty enlightened state to be able to say, I have these thoughts, I have these two sides of me that shows that he has really got some insight about himself that takes a clear mind to be able to do that. Right. And to have good therapy. I know you guys have done so much therapy and different programs. And so it's those things where you start to go, okay, it's starting to come together. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like, all the pieces of the puzzle are starting to fall into place and a piece is going to pop out here and there. And I think you're very realistic about that and knowing that that could happen, but it's so great to hear him be able to articulate something like that. When you think back to some of the bad times that you've been in, that's a pretty big leap forward. Yes, for sure. And also what the clarity that you were saying, what gives them is the confidence to, they see how, the parents feel more confidence on him and give him more uh, like, Hey, I'm going here. I'm going to grab the car. Okay. You have to also trust when, when they're in a better place, I think it is very important for them and it makes them grow even more when they see, Oh, wow. Okay. I can have more freedom. They're trusting me because I'm showing that I got this. And that is being huge because it's not easy. Even if they're in a better place right? Like the boundaries and everything, like you still want to like control and you still are fearful that they will make mistakes, but it is important to, to trust and to let go 
a little bit and, and let them, you know, continue to grow. Even if they're going to continue to make mistakes or not be perfect, that's okay. But I think that's, that's been difficult for my husband and I, but we're trying. <laughs> yes. I was going to ask you, because I think so many people can relate to that scenario of wanting to trust. And at the same time, you've been lied to so many times and you've been disappointed so many times. How do you do that? Like, what are the conversations going on in your mind or between you and your husband that allow you to say, okay, yeah, you can take the car and go do this or that because that's not easy. It's not easy for sure. And my husband and I are not exactly in the same spot. I think it's been difficult, more difficult for him to, to not be reactive to some of the things that Nick will say or do because of the past. I'm trying because I also, and I haven't mentioned this, but you get tired you get tired of like trying to control everything and be there for everything. And, and, and you realize what he knows at this point where he can have our support and our confidence and all that. And where we're going to be like, what we can't help you, or we can't do this for you. Or if you mess up too big, then obviously we're going to take away the car or you can't stay here if you do certain things. So come to a place where you trust that he knows the boundaries and yeah, just let go. I don't know, but it's, it's, yeah, it's really, really hard. It's really hard. What came to my mind when you were saying that is boundaries because you, you do have to get to a place where you can say, okay, because I have this boundary and we've communicated it, and that this is the boundary, then yes, you can take the car. And then everybody is aware of what's going to happen if he misuses that privilege or, or whatever. And that mm-hmm. does give you the freedom, like you were saying, to let go because you do at some point, the weight just can become so heavy that you can't function anymore. And you've got other kids that you're raising and you have a job and relationship and parents and all of that. And so there is a little bit, this is what I try to tell people about boundaries too, is that they do give you freedom. They do give you the ability to just have a little bit of trust there and not that it's always going to go perfectly, but it is a sense of like, oh, okay, I can let that go because we all know the parameters around it. Right. And that's, that's not a really hard thing is because the communication is not obviously it's always been an issue and it will continue to be, it's not the expectations can be too high, but I think he knows that, that we're trusting him more. So when he makes a mistake, he actually apologizes or, and that's when it's been a little hard. It's like, he will, I don't know, he said, I'll be back at 10. And then it's like 1230 and he's still not there. What I tell my husband is like, we have to understand that he's still young, right? They're still going to be doing things that are, that will frustrate the parents or breaking the rules or whatever. But at the same time, we're in a way better place. So we have to obviously talk to him about what happened and why we wanted him attend and all that, but not let the trauma of the past overcome what you're going through in that moment. Just like deal day by day with these new challenges and try to not compare or look back because then they feel it. They feel, oh my gosh, they're like, they're judging me because of my past. And now I can move forward because this is happening. So I think it's important for them to 
to know that they're picking up in a lot of stuff like you were saying now that they're have more clarity they're understanding more that's also helpful to for both parts for the family to to understand more where where we're at now and what we all can do to make things better each day and kind of not get stuck in the past for sure right getting stuck in the past is a dangerous place and it's very difficult not to do that because once you've been burned several times, it's it's hard to go back from that. One thing I was going to ask you, because you mentioned in the beginning, thinking about his like his motivation and wanting to make sure that he is moving forward and doing these things. Have you heard of, it's called PAWS, P-A-W-S. It stands no. for post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Okay. And I think it's great. Um, to talk about because it is an actual medical condition and mm-hmm. it is, and it's something that in treatment programs, they will talk to people about, but I don't, I think he's been doing this more on his own with you guys, right? He hasn't been in like a residential program. Not for a while, but yeah, he, he was in two of them, but yeah. So post-acute withdrawal syndrome is that period, and it can be six months to a year after somebody stops using substances and Mm -hmm. their body physically is adjusting to a whole new situation, right? All of the chemicals are different. All of the hormones are different. Mm -hmm. And so a big part of that is actually that you will see that you would, you would think, and you would hope that as somebody quits using drugs, or alcohol, or both that they would like become very motivated and like do all mm. these things because you've got this new lease on life, but it actually is a medical condition that takes up to a year for the brain to start to restructure and to start to be able to have some of those things that we would expect an 18 year old to have. And I will post in the show notes for this episode, a PDF that will go through all of the different symptoms of pause PAWS, because Mm -hmm. I think it's important for us to recognize as parents that we see like, okay, well, you're done with that, or you're, you're moving on. So you should be doing these 11 things and Mm -hmm. it's just not realistic. And so I think it can just help with that empathy. And, And you have a lot of that and you've applied that, I think very strategically, in your whole family's recovery as a big tool to use to say empathy is going to get us a lot further than anger and Mm -hmm. judgment and all of that. So I think it's just an interesting, it's not even just interesting, but I think it's pretty critical that we understand that. And it's something that I haven't heard a lot about. So I always just ask if people have heard heard of it because it's very informative and you start to see like, oh, Yep. That makes sense. Lack of motivation, that brain fog and inability to focus, inability to like Mm -hmm. kind of string things together, right? Like, well, I have to get a driver's license in order to apply for this. And in order to do that, I have to do that. And it's very difficult to do that with a brain, especially that's only four months clean. So I will put that in the show notes and I'll, and I'll offer that to you just as another tool in your, you have a very full toolkit, I know, but it's another tool to go in there. And I think it's a great conversation to have with him because sometimes they haven't been 
taught that or exposed to what that is. And they can have those feelings of like, wow, I should be more organized. I should be able to figure out how to do this. I should have more motivation. And and so to be able to recognize that and have a conversation about it and say, hey, this is your body and your brain have been through a lot when you think about what his brain and his body have been through. So, and also this kind of the stunted emotional growth and developmental growth from when he started using. So starting at 12 or 13, that's, there's a lot of catching up to do, right? Absolutely. It's so, so important. You just touched a super critical point. I'm happy the conversation ended up here because absolutely, I've never heard of that. And it's kind of your scientific explanation of what I was telling you before, like kind of like the intuition of like, why is is he so slow now? Why is he not motivated? What is he doing? Obviously, yeah, it has to do with that. Like you said, it's their their brain. It's like waking up again, right? To life Um, and like all the connections on the brain and everything. And it's, I'm glad you're mentioning this. It's very important that parents understand this to help them from, like you said, you're like, oh, great. They're in a better spot now. Okay. Now it's time for them. Okay. Catch up, finish a school, do this, do that, get a job. And our son tries so hard. And that's where I'm so proud when I see this situation of how hard it's for him. And he kind of had to do in a way because he was doing like not probation, but kind of like he had to do some requirements to close the case. Right. So he was at some point taking his medication for depression and anxiety. He was doing therapy twice a week. He was, he was working. He was uh, doing school online. He was doing community service at an animal place. So all this, that was huge. Yeah. If you look back, I'm really, really proud of him. And now part of what I was saying that I'm a little, that it's hard for my husband and I to see the non-motivation anymore because the case was closed. And mm-hmm. now he started dropping things here and there. He just told us that he doesn't want to continue with his job because he's not happy in that job. He wants to do something else. And he finished community service. And I'm like, oh, maybe you can stay a little bit. You love animals. Just ask if they have. No. So he dropped that. And then we're like, oh my gosh, he's dropping everything. But what? We have to trust, like you said, having this conversation with him, I'm going to go home and totally do that um, and tell him it's okay feeling this way. You just have to keep trying and have to communicate with us, see what, how we can help you and be patient. It's normal what you're going through, but just don't not do nothing, right? It's, it's important right. that for your brain to continue to grow and connect and all that, that you find things to do and keep busy, but Obviously, it's not going to be the expectations that we have because we saw this coming and we want more and more and more. We have right. to slow down. We have yes. to slow down. But but it's great. Thank you for mentioning yeah. that. And this is true for us too, is to, in order to have the motivation, let's say, to lose the 10 COVID pounds, you kind of have to have a reason, right? Like I'm going on vacation. That gives me good motivation to lose the 10 COVID pounds if he isn't kind of looking into his future and seeing a reason to do some of these things that keep him moving forward, it just makes it really hard. And I think where I, I would get frustrated is people would say, well, you know, tell your son to do these activities or do this or that. And I would just roll my eyes and say, are you kidding me? He, he can barely get out of bed in the morning. Right. So I think whatever, 
you can do to help nurture some of his passions and to, to even just have those conversations because all of that's been muted for a long time with drugs, mm-hmm. right? And when his life has been on mute and then now he's starting to hear and see and smell, like you said, kind of coming back to life, A, that can yeah. be really overwhelming, right? Because now he's having to deal with everything that life throws at you without the numbing agent of a substance. So that's hard. And also he hasn't really had to think about his passions and his dreams and his future and what he might want to do as a career. Like none of that's been in his realm of thinking probably for a very long time. Yeah. So like we would want to say, well, what are your dreams? What are your goals? And, And we have to be a little compassionate to say, it might take some time for him to start percolating on those things. Like he might, he literally might not be able to think of what he wants to do as a career or what a passion of his is because he hasn't really had any for a long time. So those, those are things that when you see him dropping activities because they're not required anymore, of course, that makes sense. He had motivation to do those things, but it wasn't necessarily an intrinsic motivation of his because that's what he wants to do with his life. It was motivated by the fact that it was going to help him with his legal case, which is fine, right? And he did it. And every step is a step forward. And he gained learnings from those things that he did. So I think you're on the right path with, and I love hearing how you can communicate those things with him, that you you are at a point where you can have those conversations with him in a really loving way, a really empathetic way. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes he listens, sometimes he won't. But like I said, yeah, no, don't have to have an expectation and just go day by day still and be yeah. thankful for what you've accomplished in your family and what they accomplished. And yeah, just I think that's another thing, being thankful for what we do have and what we've just yeah, accomplished during yeah. all these crazy times, then that gives you some hope too. Yes, absolutely. What are you most proud of yourself for? I think just being kind of the rock of the family because emotionally, I feel like, like I said, sometimes looking back, I'm like, how did I do that? Because I, I never lose sight of like my other two. I was really conscious that they were in the mix and that they were also suffering their own yeah. way. And I always try to pay attention to everything that's around me and just try to be empathetic with everybody. Everybody's different. They show their feelings different, they, including my husband, and my other kids, and just trying to be there for everybody and yeah. do what I can. How do you take care of yourself? I should do more. <laughs> I've actually been having some like stress issues in my shoulders and my neck. So my goal is to, you know, get into some kind of like yoga, stretching, like doing consistently and eating healthier and just continue to have my things. Like I have my two little jobs on the side and things that keep my brain They're busy. Not little, take out that word little. I know. <laughs> they are not little. Well, you have two jobs, three kids. Like, don't minimize yeah. that. Yeah, true. Just, yeah, maybe try to do a little more for my physical health, but I'm good. I'm thankful, thankful for my family and for everything. So, 
your family is extremely lucky to have you. I will tell you that. I know, I know that for certain. And yeah, I would love to see you now really shift some of that focus because another thing that will help your son is to see mom taking care of mom, right? And for him to know that mom is rock solid, not that he doesn't know that already because you are, but for you to have that sense of you taking care of yourself, you prioritizing yourself really sends a message to him about how you take care of you in the same way that you want him to take care of him. And that role modeling of eating well, getting some exercise, taking care of your shoulders are hurting, taking care of that. I think we underestimate sometimes how much they are watching us. Oh my gosh, you are so right. That just brought something to my mind because we had just our uh, family vacation for Christmas and New Year. And that was like a close in a circle that was like so meaningful for to be the five of us together sharing things just like it it was kind of surreal like I look around like sometimes eating in a restaurant the five of us having a conversation and like doing fun things fun activities kayaking the 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 dunes we went to some sand dunes and seeing Nick so happy in motorcycle and a lot of things happened that were so meaningful and it just makes me feel that he like you said, he's watching how we are all in a better place because he is in a better place. And that was very important. There was a time also in, in New Year's, my family always makes me sing in the karaoke because <laughs> they say that I sing good. I don't know. But anyway, I sang a song and he was there and I saw like he was kind of behind a post. And then I kind of like call him in the microphone like, hey, I'm dedicating this to you. So come over here. So he kind of came out and he was like making that heart sign with his hand. Like I heard you and oh my gosh, I can cry right now. It was so meaningful because I know he's, he, he sees a lot that we don't think he sees and he is appreciative of things we've done for him. And yeah, I just love that kid. You do love that kid. And he's so lucky to have you. Well, Missy, I think that this was not just helpful. Well, it was very helpful to me actually to talk through all of this with you. What are one or two things that you're going to take away from this and take into your week ahead of you? Well, I always love hearing you and I always have good, you just use your words so good and like make things um, really clear. And what is very meaningful to me is I've been in your stream through the wars and yes. it's been so helpful. Like really, it, it just feels you're not alone. And again, all the resources and the ideas and tips and words, and it just helped me so much during all this. So I'm, I'm, thank you for that. Mm. And I, that's why I wanted to do this, this podcast I was nervous but I'm like I have to do it because I love talking to Brenda and I I know that there's a lot of people that is hearing this podcast and I just want to send a message out there of hope to all the parents that go through this because it's not our choice it's not a punishment it's not it's just what what it is and just be strong be there you know do your best and things will look better amazing well I am going to post the 
pause post-acute withdrawal syndrome information for people to download from the show notes. So that will be at brendazane.com forward slash podcast, and then look for this coaching episode and having you really take care of you sounds like something that won't only benefit you right now, but also just keeping in mind that you're being watched mama. (laughs) Yes. I will take that from this podcast too. I I will take care of myself better. (laughs) Well, you do a good job of that already, but there's always, I think, room for us to be what we consider taking care of ourselves. Well, is probably not Exactly. A little lame. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait to see you in October at our next retreat. If I don't see you before then, thank you so much for doing this and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you would like to get the show notes for any episode, just go to brandazane.com forward slash podcast and then search for the episode. Also, if you would like to get some insight about what might be going on with your son or daughter right now, and you'd like to find ways to be healthier through that experience, you can download a free ebook I wrote called Hindsight, Three Things I Wish I Knew When My Son Was Misusing Substances. I truly, truly wish I had known these things. So it is free. It's available for you at brendazane.com forward slash hindsight. I'm so glad you took the time to listen today. You are doing the hard work that this requires and it matters. Be really good to yourself and I'll meet you right back here next week.